The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. love our guys that uh pacers running chris farley uh love them they have a like I said in the spot there they have uh, five stores all over northern virginia if you can't make it out to their stores they have virtual fittings online they've been very good to this show from the very beginning so uh, we appreciate pacers running uh tremendously if you haven't hit that like button please do so at this time we really appreciate that part we got so many more people who have jumped in here like justin's in here we didn't uh, we didn't talk about Gus being here. Metaphor, Big E, uh, Rogers in here. We got all kinds. Michael, Johnny Boy. We appreciate everybody who is in the chat. Keep that chat coming, and we will keep commenting on that. First, let's talk about the injuries. We already know about Terry going out. He's had an X-ray negative. He had an MRI negative. He is going to rest up for a couple of days, and then they will reevaluate probably at some, some point, point early next, next week. week. But there are certain guys like uh, Logan Thomas, who is progressing. He's He was out on the field today. Chase was out there today. He was uh, he was out there for 11-on-11s. Now, they didn't have pads today, but he was out there. Uh, Danny Johnson was back out there after the body slam from Mark Andrews in the joint practices. Kendall Fuller was not. Uh, I'm trying to think of the others. Fedarian Mathis was not out there. Um, Cosme did not participate today. I wouldn't be too concerned about Cosme not being out there um, as well. But those are some of the injuries. And, of course, the big one is um, Terry McLaurin. Trev, are you concerned about Terry McLaurin? His a, tiny, a tiny bit because we don't know what toe it is. Mm. And toe is a very finicky injury, especially to wide receivers. I mean, mm. most of their game is route running and come, breaking off the line and jabbing here and cutting here and you know, I mean, he looked like the way he reacted, he looked like it was something to be a little concerned about. But yeah, MRI came back negative, x ray negative, rest up a couple of days. He's a strong kid, but tiny concern because it's a toe injury and it could be finicky. We don't know how long it's going to take for him to rehab from that. So just a little concerned. Beard, are you concerned about the injury? Not yet. Not yet. Um, you know, obviously, it's, you know, I think Trev touched on it uh, about when we were talking about how he's upset because. That toe, when it comes to running routes, it, it can be so you know critical. Mm -hmm. But I think um, in years past, I probably would have been like season's over uh, sort <laughs> yeah. of situation. Yeah. Um, but I think with the uh, the emergence of of um, uh, Dotson, I think kind of gives you like if he does have to miss a week, right? I think you mm -hmm. could put Dotson, Brown, and Samuel all on the field, and I I think it'll it'll be. Uh, good enough to, to to win a football game. I'm not yeah. saying it'll be the same with Terry out there, but um, I think Dotson has proven that he has, you know, made these steps uh, as far as a playmaker when he's healthy. That he 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 can do so much out there, and I think his route running is is very underrated amongst uh, you know his class of wide receivers. He's not like somebody that a lot of people talk about in, in an upper echelon of these young wide receivers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think De'Ami Brown, 
I, when I went to camp, he stood out to me as the most impressive player um, on the field. Yeah. Uh, he, his ability to – he he's so much – I think people were like, oh, my God, he's a downfield threat. I I don't know. I've, his hands have gotten better. And at the game, you know, uh, there w- he made a couple of good catches. Um, mm-hmm. There was one where he almost made that one in the back of the end zone that uh, got tipped, got knocked out, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Still but fought for his it. His yeah. hands have looked like they've gotten stronger to me. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's fighting more for, for balls. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was interesting because uh, Authentic brought up the point of um, – Josh Doxton, Doxon, whatever. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, sure. How he could never win the one-on-ones, and that was yeah. what, what kind of was his downfall. And yeah. I feel like Deami Brown ha- has improved on that, and he's ready to take that next step. But, yeah, so I, I don't think – you know, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. But I think the timing of the injury between now and the first game, obviously, is beneficial to us. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like it happened in season where, like, you're, like, everything's go, go, go. It happens so fast. Mm-hmm. You get these barely get three days, it feels like, sometimes between games. So I think that that's going to be ben- beneficial to us as well uh, moving forward when it yeah. comes to this injury. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, and I think the point is Dotson, okay, we already know. We know as Washington fans, we know what Dotson is. We have a lot of confidence in Dotson. I think the more important role is the Diami role if Terry has to miss some time because mm-hmm. Dotson's going to get his, I'm, I'm not concerned about that, but then who's going to take that number three spot with Curtis Samuel being the number two guy then. And then Deami Brown has to step up and play a whole lot more than he's expected to. So Deami having a good camp, Deami having that, that, uh, what do you call it? That chemistry with uh, Sam Howell. That's going to certainly help. I was going to yeah, that helps, right, Trev? Yeah, you, you. It just looks like he's more comfortable in the offense and playing than he did the, since he's since he's been here because he, he knows does. who this guy is throwing the ball. So he had that chemistry. Didn't just start this year; started back in Carolina. But you can tell a difference that he's like he trained. He posted a lot of videos. He trained this summer off off season with Sam yeah. Howell. So I feel like his attitude about being on this team is contributing with his better play because he knows his guy is back there throwing the ball. And that, that touchdown pass, he fought. That was kind of what you were saying, Beard. He fought for that pass. He was not open when Howell threw that, and he fought to get in a position to make that catch. And that's that's what you want from a, a guy like that. So, uh, so that's that's a big one, of course. Now, there's a couple other things that's going on at camp, and and I think Ron talked about this today in his press conference: the left guard situation. We are all co- kind of hoping that this left guard situation would have resolved itself by now, but it hasn't. Sadiq Charles seems to be the number one guy now, but Ron said, yeah, he's kind of the number one guy, but Chris Paul's had a good camp. They might rotate kind of like what Cosme and was it Cosme and Lucas last year did at right mm-hmm. tackle. During, are yeah. you in favor of that? Trev, are you in favor of a, a rotational left guard Charles slash Paul? Yeah, bro, depth. We need it. If mm. they're both having a good camp, keep them both. Keep them both out there. I mean, just I'm not, you know, putting that jinx or whatever, but you know how it, how it goes. Um, so yeah, if they're both having great camps, I don't care who's one as long as they're both here. Since they're both having great camps, that's all that matters to me. So, Beard, does that not say that uh, you know? Does that not prove that there's no number one guy? You know, if you have two guys, it goes with any position, especially no. when you talk about quarterbacks. If you got two. 
then you don't have one. Yeah, I mean, this isn't 1990s college football, yeah. you know, like with the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, situation. right. But uh, I, I think that for me, people, are, you have to remember, they know so much more what's going on than we do. Sure. Okay, so they're yep. going to tell us a whole bunch of things. Obviously, you know, if Ron says too much, everybody goes crazy. If Ron doesn't say enough, everybody mm. goes crazy, you know? So it's like, but... I, I I'm on record of of being extremely high on Sadiq Charles coming out of LSU. Mm. So I I thought that originally he was being you know drafted as the the replacement for Trent Williams. Mm. Uh, I I thought that that was the plan all along, and he's been injured literally since he got drafted. So I think that he's kind of been this sort of afterthought for a lot of people. Um, I, I think that he has potential to be a solid starting NFL lineman. And I think that it, it's showing his versatility now that he's obviously been playing more of the guard uh, role here on this team. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that for me, I, I would like to see Sadiq Charles, you know, be, just because I think he the potential is there. Uh, but you know, to have, to have, you know, that depth is super important. Now, as far as rotating goes, I think, at any position on the football field, I'm I'm a I'm a a guy that's like played a hot hand. You know, if hmm. a guy's if a guy's playing well and he's he's making, making all, all the blocks, the blocks keep him in. in. Yep. And, and, and if, if he's, he's not, not then, then you know you you move on to the next guy. And if he gets it done, then he stays in the game. So, so for me, I mean, the whole offensive line. There's a lot of of I mean, Lucas looked really good. You know, and and, and mm-hmm. I I'm a big fan of Nick Gates. Obviously, I've I've had a lot of Nick Gates in my ear thanks to uh, my my co-host Authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome. Him and uh, Authentic had a nice exchange when we were at uh, training camp. So, but uh, and then you saw obviously, you know the the play in the end zone with Cosme dancing and Nick Gates coming in like a madman. So I I think that that. This offensive lineman, I think this line in general is, is interesting. You know, I think this is a good problem to have considering how bad our offensive line has been and how bad our offensive line could potentially be mm-hmm. this season. Because let's be honest, it's it's all very one big giant question mark, oh, uh, yeah. you, you know, between the offensive line and the linebacking uh, situation. So I think uh, it'll be interesting to see who plays where in the Bengals game, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that in the Bengals preview. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like, I think this is a good problem to have. Okay. It's a good problem mm-hmm. to have with I this. I, I think we have some potential and some young guys here. Um, and, and it's always good to have depth on the offensive line. We, we know how that goes. Yeah. And, and I think something that kind of stood out to me when I went to uh, training camp the one time is when they were running the, the number three offense, when Jake Fromm was out there, and Ricky Stromberg was not even out there during that time. Mm-hmm. However, since that time, he's gotten a lot of run at guard, mm-hmm. at right guard specifically. And I don't know that he's played left guard in camp or in the preseason at all. Trev, are you are you liking what you're hearing about Stromberg playing a whole lot more, being like the backup guard instead of saving him kind of as the third team center? I do like that um, just because he, he was drafted to us as a center. 
mm-hmm. we already have a center. We have Tyler Larson back at Nick Gates, who he's been our starting center before. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not use him somewhere else instead of just leaving him on the bench waiting for his opportunity um, after two guys in front of him? I like it. It just goes back to the depth and versatility. There's nothing wrong with having too many versatile players on the offensive line. Defensive, defensive line rotates and shuffles all the time, so maybe he can go better against the second rotation guy or the third mm-hmm. rotation guy. You know, just it's just it's just a great problem to have, like, like Beard was saying. So I'm cool with him position flexing, center, guard, tackle, whatever, as long as he's contributing without hurting. So, yeah. Are there any guys, uh, Beard, that you've seen kind of the backups on the line that you've been impressed with? I mean, I, I, I thought Lucas played phenomenal in, yeah. in, in that game, obviously. Um, I You know, a lot of people forget tight end because I think they look at tight end as a skill position in today's league, you know, mm-hmm. I, as a as a guy who played tight end um, back in my uh, playing days. Yeah, how I, long ago you know, was that? It was a while ago. Did they know. they still have leather helmets back then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, it's important to kind of look at that aspect of uh, of the line as well. Um, because that position is is still kind of unknown. Uh, I think, obviously, I'm not a big Bates guy as far as, you know, coming out and catching passes, but he's mm. a good blocker. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's going to that's gonna be – he can run routes and he can catch balls. We know that. But mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to try and use him a little bit more in, in the run game as far as blocking goes. Um, but for me, I'm, I've been so focused on Sadiq Charles's progression yeah. because I've been invested in him. I, I watched him play in, you know, when you these linemen come out of the SEC, it's a different it's a different beast. Sure. You know, like you're, you're going against the, you know, you're going against pros. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so for Every me, week, yeah. for me, I, I think to have him healthy is so important. And and I just think that that's going to be an interesting aspect to watch to see what they do. And I think Wiley is a wild card. He's mm. a Wiley card, you know, right now. Mm. Uh, obviously, he comes from Kansas City, so he's a little bit familiar with with that offense. Um, I, I think that, you know, but if you look at him statistically, he gave up, you know, I want to say it's the most sacks uh, for anybody at that position yep. last season. That's right. Uh, so that in the that, regular season, yeah, regular season. So that's yep. something you know that concerns you. So I, I think you're gonna see. I, remember last year, it was like we had a different starting offensive line. I think for seventy five percent of the season, it yeah, was, sure, along those lines. Yeah. Now. We did that in a really uh, <laughs> not a good way. You know what I'm saying? So That's right. I think now it'll be interesting to see how that works, you know, moving into the regular season. They're obviously going to want to have some stability because, you know, uh, the offensive line is so much about chemistry. And a lot of people don't realize that there's always focused on the individuals when it comes to an offensive line. Mm-hmm. But offensive line has to be there has to be that, you know, that unison to a certain extent because a you need everybody to know what's happening so when you know when a defense starts moving around 
you know, you have to know where, where you're blocking and, and which because if you're playing left guard on one play and then right tackle on the next play, you're like, oh, snap. I, I was supposed to be, be picking up the, the action in this hole, but I went this way. You know, so it, yeah. it, you have to have smart guys. If you're going to be moving these guys around a lot on the offensive line, you're going to want mm-hmm. to have a lot of brains out there. Who's going to be running the operation as far as that goes is going to be what's most important. So as long as everybody's on the same page, I think we'll be okay. But eventually you want to have some solidification as far as what your starting offensive line is going to be. Yeah, for sure. And and there's another guy who has really impressed who I'll be totally honest, I didn't really know a whole lot about until fairly recently. And he's been mentioned here in the chat a couple of times is Trent Scott. Trent Scott played really well at right tackle after Wiley played the one series. And then Trent Scott was the guy who came in at right tackle the rest of the first half. And then I think in the second half, he played left tackle. And so here's a guy that we don't know a whole lot about, but looks like he's probably earning himself a spot on the team with Cornelius Lucas being a swing tackle and also this guy Trent Scott being a a swing tackle. Now, one of the other positions, you talked a little bit about the uh, tight end position, uh, Beard, but one of the other positions is, um, is, is the tight end with Cole Turner. And Cole Turner has impressed quite a bit. He impressed a lot last year, but in training camp and then got hurt and did not have a good regular season. Logan Thomas is working his way back from injury. Did Cole Turner do enough, Trev, that makes you say, I don't really care when Logan comes back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's all the guy. I saw left. that a long, earlier in the show. As soon as yeah. you mentioned Logan Thomas. Yeah, he was like, yeah, oh, bro, I, I mean, hate Logan. Let's be real. Yeah. Hodges is not the answer. John Bates is a blocking tight end. Stone yep. said he's a glorified offensive tackle. Yeah. We just need to change his number from 87 to 67 and yeah. stick him out there at right tackle and we'll be fine. Logan Thomas can't finish a season. Yeah. Can't stay healthy to start a season. Can't finish a season. Well, well, to be technical, neither can Cole Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. far. It's only so been far. one year, but so yeah. far. But he's doing more than what Logan's doing this year already, mm-hmm. and that's actually staying, which is staying healthy. So I'm high on Cole Turner a little bit. I like his his vertical game. I like his size. Uh, I saw a couple of times in camp where he dropped a couple of passes. I think he just had a bad day, but for the most mm-hmm. part, he has great hands. You saw what he did in Nevada. That's why we got him here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Cole Turner. I'm over Logan Thomas. I'm just yeah. over our tight end room. I mean, we've got Alex Arma, who's a fullback, who's a potential tight end as well, but he's a short, stocky guy. So, like, how's he really going to help outside of the blocking game as a tight end? So, like, I'm going to Cole Turner because our tight end room, I think, in my opinion, is one of the weakest rooms we have right now in the offense. So, mm, You agree with that, Beard, that that's one of the weakest uh, rooms? 1,000%. Really? Um. <clears throat> Now that's not that not, not, that is not necessarily saying it in a bad way, but I mean, right. if you look at running back, which I will hope I want to talk a little bit about, but if you look sure. at defensive line, you know, wide receiver, secondary. Uh, I mean, all of those things you can you can look at it. There, there, there's some you know potential there. Linebacker and you know tight end, I think are are least. You know, mm-hmm. especially at the depth of the position is really 
you know, the fall off is, is drastic. So I, I, that's why I would put that. And I think uh, Gus Bus said Amani uh, Rogers was a big loss. Absolutely. One thousand percent. I love that guy. Now, I was a guy who obviously I'm a Notre Dame fan, but I was a guy who thought, you know, Michael Mayer was on the board for sure. the Washington yes. Commanders. I, won that too. I, I was preaching, preaching, preaching yeah. because. I'm telling you right now, the Raiders got an app. Why do you think the Raiders were so were like, okay, we can let Darren Waller go, who's a top five tight end, top three <laughs> tight end when healthy in the National yeah. Football League? They're gonna let him go. I mean, that tells me that they they got a lot of faith in Michael Mayer. So obviously, like that's that that just goes to show you where my head was at with our tight end room. I love Logan Thomas. I think Logan Thomas is 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 a, is a good ball player, you know, but he's got to stay healthy, and unfortunately, you know. It's it's as cliche as it is. The best uh, ability is availability, you know. And mm-hmm. but to me, Cole Turner, Cole Turner shows the most potential. And I, we have to remember, you know, obviously the tight end position in in Kansas City was was huge. And I like to take these parallels. I'm not saying that it's going to be Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think that you. You know, it's easy to look at Kansas City and be like, you know, they had Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, we're going to run a lot of tight end stuff when you have the best tight end in in the league. You know, but I think that a lot of people forget about all the other players that they've thrown into that tight end position during a game, during a season that have made these big plays. And you're like, who the heck is that guy? That's not Travis Kelsey. But Mm -hmm. they, they, they know how to utilize the strengths of that position in Kansas City. And I think that Biennemi is going to try and do that here because Cole Turner, it provides a target. Man, that guy is big. He's big. You know, like there was a play in the Baltimore Ravens game where um, the Ravens scored a touchdown, and I forget if it was the fullback or one of their tight ends. But, you know, the guy, the the quarterback, I want to say it was Brown, he put it over three defenders in the yep. middle of the end zone to that tight end target. And I think yep. that you need something like that, especially for a team like the Commanders who have struggled, albeit in the Scott Turner offense, but have struggled in red zone offense, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the not having that tight end target. So I love to see Cole Turner get some more action, specifically in the red zone. So if you have a healthy Logan Thomas and a Cole Turner and a John Bates and they know their roles and we're utilizing them properly it can be a good room but there's a whole lot of ifs woulda shoulda coulda sort of situation mm-hmm. in that recipe so I think the potential is there it's just a matter of who can stay healthy who can who can capitalize off of the opportunities in this offense the and, and Ron said it quite a bit during training camp and before training camp he he said we like our tight ends and, you know, people asking if they're going to draft a tight end, if they're going to go get a tight end in free agency or whatever. And he just keeps stressing, we like our tight end. So he's seeing something probably that we're not seeing. Although I will say that Curtis Hodges didn't do himself any favors in the second half of that game by <laughs> not fighting for a couple of balls, <laughs> dropping yeah, some man. balls or whatever. He did not help himself at all. Um, yeah. All right, so let's go over. Let's move over to the running backs then. And this team has, I think, a pretty deep room, but they're only going to keep three, maybe four, is my opinion. Or they could keep more. Who knows? And we already know who B-Rob and, and Antonio Gibson are the first two. Is it going to be Chris Rodriguez Jr.? Is it going to be Jonathan Williams? Is it going to be Derek Gore? Is it going to be Jared freaking Patterson? 
it's it's really a tough room to get past because you have two guys who are dependable in the first two who are talented and it do, almost to me doesn't matter who the third guy is because they're not going to play this is not an offense that has two guys for first and second down and then has a JD McKissick who's a third down back they don't have that necessarily they've got two guys who can play all three downs every drive or you know this drive is Robinson next drive is Gibson next drive is Robinson or whatever who can play all three downs so where are they going to go with this room beard where are they going to go with the running back room this is to me that this is the toughest this is the toughest uh and I didn't even uh, mention Arma who who could be considered a running back you don't have you don't have to mention him yeah. Okay. So it's 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 very very tough. First of all, I I you uh, for those of you that don't know, I am like one of the biggest Antonio Gibson believers hmm. and supporters in, in the world. You know, so I love me some Antonio Gibson, and I pray that we get to see Antonio Gibson do his thing in this offense. I think he is the perfect mm. running back for this <laughs> offense. Trev's going to he's going to fight you on that. Now, but go ahead. If you look at it so far, Antonio Gibson has had more rushing attempts and ran more passing routes than Brian Robinson has with Sam Howe on the field this preseason. Mm. Uh, not by a drastic amount. He's he I think he has 3 or 4 more rush attempts with Sam Howell on the field in the preseason than Robinson. And I think he has like six or seven more pass routes ran on the field with Sam Howell this preseason. So I think, mm. you, you know, this, once again, this could be a hot hand situation. Um, I saw Antonio Gibson, you know, out wide on a couple of plays uh, mm. in the Ravens game, which I love. Um, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna utilize the two guys. Pro- I, I have no worries about how they utilize those two guys. Uh, this is not Scott Turner. I'm gonna be beating this drum for a long time. Uh, so I, I've I've complete faith in B enemy using that. Now as far as the other guy, it's so tough. I, I wish they could keep four. I right. wish they could keep four. So right? you don't right. think they're keeping four? I I don't think they will. I think I, I think, think you're gonna either, see. But... You're gonna see something funky with with the, the linebackers that they keep. Uh, I think you got you have to keep that in mind with uh, the Jamin Davis situation. Um, I think you have to think about the versatility of the offensive line. I think they just do not know where they're gonna go with that yet. Uh, so I think you're gonna get some of these weird uh, guys that they keep extra that might affect the running back room. Um, this obviously Rodriguez didn't help himself in this game. Um, no. Uh, yeah, man. But I love I love him. I love his versatility. Yeah. I think that's the big thing here. Is and it, it's tough because pa- Patterson. I mean, you just saw you saw he's always gonna be on the on the edge, like oh. the guy. Like you right. love him to see him play because he's a player. Yeah. You saw that touchdown play. That was yeah, right in front of my face. I mean, he no. was ka ka ka. Like there was no giving <laughs> up in that guy. I love it, but. Is it something that can be useful in the long run of a season no. in the game? Exactly. So, it, 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 but and Williams, what, what does he do? All he does is is, is impress you when he gets All the opportunity. He does is he's yep. a guy that get. If you look up, uh, I want to say he's probably averaging six yards a touch. Uh, uh, you know when yeah. he gets the ball for since he's been with the Commanders. So, it's going to be tough. I, I think. It's going to be one of those situations where it's once again something that we don't necessarily see. 
Um, it, it's what the enemy feels is going to be able to give them the most versatility in this offense. Um, who catches the ball the best out of the backfield is so important in this offense. Um, so it, it's going to be tough. I, I, I think it's it, it's going to be a coin. Like if they keep four, it'll probably be Rodriguez and Williams. I think. Sure, I agree. Um, but I, I can see a scenario where they keep three, and I think you keep Rodriguez. Um, in that situation, and you put Williams on the practice squad, um, I think that that would be the smart move, uh, you know, future-wise, franchise-wise, business-side-wise. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I look at that situation. Yeah, I, th- I think what maybe the smart thing is to do is to um, is to keep Rodriguez, if you're going three, and to cut – Jonathan Williams, because Jonathan Williams is not one of those guys that teams are going to be looking at and saying, we need this guy on our roster. Now, Chris Rodriguez might do that just because he's a a young guy, a draft pick. He has impressed. So then you do that. And then when once the season gets a little bit closer and everyone's kind of settled on the roster, then you flip flop them. Then you bring Williams up and let Rodriguez go to the practice squad. Maybe you can sneak them by that way. I I don't know. But. Trev, why? Are you, first of all, why are you so anti Antonio Gibson? And then, just overall, what do you think of the running back room? I've been saying this ever since Bienemy came here. He's been going further and further down the need slash useless. Now he's mm-hmm. a third down back. He came here. He was the leading rusher. Lost his job to somebody. Got shot in the leg twice, and and then came back and, and yeah. took his job. And then now he's a third down back in a new offense with Eric Bienemy. I mean, he's he's good. I just think his time in Washington is coming slowly to an end just by his, his diminishing role for this offense. Yeah. Now, granted, maybe he fits uh, this offense better as a third down back, but if if you go off of what he's done for us as a leading rusher and as a weapon, uh, maybe he's not really just ready to be constricted to third down. I'll give you a hot take. Okay. Gibson has more total yards of offense this season than Brian Robinson. Mm, I, I, like that I like that. I mean, it yeah. very well happen for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as keeping the running backs, oh, man, yeah. I like Chris Rodriguez, but that fumble really did hurt. And you know how Ron Rivera feels about fumbles. Mm, yeah. Antonio Gibson. <laughs> He'll put him right on the <laughs> sideline. Yeah, you don't care. Um, I don't know why, but I like Derek Gore. Only not I only like because he's Frank Gore's offspring, but it's because he came from the enemy system in Kansas City. Didn't get too much playing time, but when he did, he, he kind of contributed when he got the opportunity. Um, he's running really hard for us in these past couple of preseason games and in camp. He's had a really good camp. Uh, Jonathan Williams, I love that guy. He follows me on Twitter. He's a good hard-nosed runner too, but I think he'll be okay if we let him go. Uh, thanks for your time here, but mm-hmm. you could probably get what he's looking for somewhere else as maybe a number two or three guy on their running back depth chart. So if they keep four, yeah, you got to keep Chris Rodriguez because that fumble is one thing, but his potential will be shown in camp in the preseason games, the way he, he cuts inside and runs out, runs in, uh, what he did in Kentucky. Um, I like him. And then if you're going to keep four, Derek Gore. Come on, over Jonathan Williams. I love Jonathan Williams. I mean, I do too, but like, I don't, I mean, I like Derek Gore. He's, he's EB friendly. He's familiar with the offense. Sure. He's fast. He's Frank Gore's offspring. So that's cool. But Jared freaking Patterson, love you. I know you're a hometown kid. You're Chase Young's boy. 
But if all we're going to talk about you is in preseason, then we can afford to let you go because we don't yeah. talk about him in any other time. Not in OTAs, not in camp, only in a preseason game in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. All right. I got two more. I got two more for two more uh, uh, kind of topics here before we move on to uh, the Bengals preview. And that is the first one I want to talk about is defensive line. Uh, defensive ends, not defensive line, defensive ends specifically, edge guys. Okay. I'm going to give you a list of all the defensive ends who are signed for next year. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, That's the list. Okay, yep. so we all know this. This, is, this has been going on for a while. We've been talking about it since, you know, since the offseason. But we have this whole deal with the, with the Chase and the Montez, and are you going to sign them to long-term deals? Are you going to let them go? But even the backups, the Jonathan Smith, uh, uh, Smith Williams, and Two Hill, and William Bradley King, yeah. and you Sounds know, like and, a lot of law and firms. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the two draft picks. You got KJ Henry and Andre Jones. But, but Trev, what do you make of the the defense? Not the not the tackles. We already know about the tackles. But what do you make of this edge room and what it's going to look like? For this year outside of chase and montez it's gonna look ho-hum um last year james smith williams had an okay year two hill had an okay year but we weren't really playing for anything towards the end of the season well we kind of were but kind of not same time so and chase was hurt so we didn't have any other choice andre jones i like him i like kj henry but they don't make defenses like, oh, KJ Henry's this week, we got a game plan for him. Andre Jones yeah. this week, we got a game plan for him. Yeah. Um, it's very bleak. Our, our outside of the two superstars, we just have Jags, if you want to be yeah. honest. Yeah, um, sure. So I mean Smith Williams, he's a seventh rounder or a sixth yeah. rounder. Yeah, Bradley King hasn't hasn't really done. He was a sixth or seventh rounder squad in preseason. I yeah. forgot he was on the squad like <laughs> you guys did last week. So like I don't yeah. It's very bleak. It's a position that we should definitely look at and during these cuts going down to 53. Hmm. Um, I thought it was a position we should look at as a cheap vet minimum deal for some of these guys Clowny. that were out there. Clowney, yeah. I mean, I know he's had a bad rep everywhere else, but it depends on the system and where he plays. He could mm-hmm. he could do something better than Casey Tuhill, you know what I mean? And other yeah. than Bradley King. So yeah, outside of the two superstars, it's, it's very bleak and it's kind of concerning. Beard, are you a, a Chase or a Montez guy? If you okay. only can choose one, I want to. I want to put this out here first and foremost. <laughs> should I, should I, I get the uh, <laughs> I alarm ready? I don't want to hear any more Chase Young is a bust talk. Thank you. I don't want to hear any more trade Chase Young. I, I might, I might hear fight you on this. Any more? We should have drafted Justin Herbert. Okay, yeah. I'm tired of it. Okay, <laughs> first of all, it. nobody was talking about Justin Herbert when right. the draft was happening, so I don't want to hear that anymore. Wait, wait. Okay, hold on. Let me let me push back a little bit. Okay, <laughs> he went seventh or sixth, okay. even whatever it was. Yeah. Maybe nobody was talking about him, but front office guys were talking about him because yeah, they drafted sure. him. But I mean, like 10. everybody, that was that was the class. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. as far as being a potential number two pick, nobody was talking about Justin Herbert in the number sure. two slot. You know what I'm saying? So it's just for me. When I don't like to call people bus, 
That's just that's not I won't I don't call people bust. I don't call people trash. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that's I'm, not my style, okay? Yep. Is there is there bust in in sports? Absolutely. Anthony Bennett was a bust. <laughs> okay? That was a bad you know one. Jamarcus Russell, Russell was yeah. a bust. Ryan okay? Lee. Now those guys played and they played poorly from day 1 and there never there was nothing anything there, right? right? I will never call a guy like Greg Oden a bust, okay? I, I won't call, you know, because when injuries get involved, there you can't you can't use that as a bust. Okay. No, like thank you. That, that when, like that's not thank a bust. You. That's just that's unfortunate. That's bad luck. It's not a bust. Thank okay. You. you know, like Chase Young came out and he was he was drafted number two, right? Yep. And he what did he do? He won Free defensive habit. rookie of the year. Exactly. Okay, so you can't call somebody a bust for winning, getting drafted, winning defensive rookie of the year. Now, the next season, the defense as a whole was a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, Jack Del Rio did not know what to, what he wanted to do. He had people in wrong positions. You know, he had he wasn't utilizing these defensive players in the way that they should have been utilized. Um, so for me, and then he got hurt. Right. But before he got hurt, you know, you have to remember, look, at I'm a big Montez guy. I think Montez Sweat is one of the most underrated defensive players in the entire NFL. Okay. If you look at what he has done statistically since being in the league, it's absolutely it, it, it's absolutely amazing what he has done. Right now. What do you think? Look at Montez Sweat's numbers since Chase Young has come into the league. Look at Montez Sweat's numbers when him and Chase Young are on the field together. It's a product of having Chase Young on the field. Obviously, you know, Sweat and Allen helped that also. But Sweat and Allen were with Montez Sweat before Chase Young got there. You know, so it, it's just there, there's there's certain things that people don't understand when it comes to football. It's not always going to be the quarterback sack, okay? There's so much that goes into affecting a play before the sack, okay? Mm -hmm. The pressure, you know, like... When, if you have Chase Young coming off the edge and you're pushing that quarterback up in the middle, who's getting the sack? Mm. Who's who's making the play? Allen yeah. and, 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 and Payne, right? So yeah. you That's... have to understand that. Like, those sort of things come into play. And then, so for me, that he was hurt. That injury was significant. So now this is a make-or-break year for him. I have absolutely no problem with them not picking up his option. Now, do I think that they didn't pick up his option because they think that he's a bust? Absolutely not. They didn't pick up his option because it was a smart business decision, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we've we've seen so far with with this front office. Obviously, there's a little bit of a change here now with the new ownership. But if Chase Young comes out here and proves himself, and Montez Sweat come out here and proves himself, there's a possibility they sign both of these guys next year. I would think mm -hmm. that that would be ideal for the for the organization, especially if you have a quarterback on a rookie deal who's yes. performing that allows you the opportunity to sign two marquee defensive players a la Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Now what what do we think what do we think that 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 is that is a, a bust season for for Chase Young. If Ch and I'll tell you what, I seen Chase Young out there on the field at, at camp. He looks absolutely disastrously bigger than everybody else on that field. He is yeah. a absolute machine, a specimen of a human being. And his first step looks so much better. I saw him utilizing his hands a lot more, a lot more technique. You know, 
Does he have more to learn? Yes. I've seen him working after practice. I've seen him in there early before practice. And people, they let the media get inside their head. Oh, he's worried about the commercials and all this. <laughs> Don't listen to none of that. Don't listen to none of that. I'm here for the football. That's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. I don't care what he does outside of football because he shows up and he's a great teammate. You never heard anybody on that on that team ever say anything negative about Chase Young. I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I think this is going to be a make-or-break year for Chase Young. I expect him to come out the gate and play like it's a make-or-break year. And, you know, it'll be something that's it, it's unfortunate, but he's going to be under a microscope. He's going to be under a microscope. But don't there, – there's no way that you can tell me that Chase Young is a bust. There's no proof in the pudding. Okay, well, <laughs> let me ask you this, Beard. If this is a make-or-break year. What if he breaks? What if he does not have a good year? What, what, now, now, what do we? That's that's the that's the uh, the the question though. What is okay? Uh, not what a if good he year? had the same type of year that he had in year two? But how which, many? But he so not playing the whole season? Well, no. In year two, he played ten games and got hurt in game ten or or whatever it was nine game nine or game ten. He had one and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean, so I'm just I'm qualifying it that way. What if he had that just, kind of let's year? Let's put all the 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 variables out the window as far as you know Del Rio's defense that year and everything like that. Let's just say on a pure production standpoint, if yep. he gets if he only plays ten games this year and gets one and a half sacks, you can't sign him. You can't resign him. Right. So unless is you can get him on a then, cheap deal, but is he then a bust? Mm. If that happens and they let him go. And he goes on somewhere else and doesn't have this great career. He just, you know, he just then has I, a career. Uh, you know, yes, then he's I, think, a bust. I think you have, I think you have, a, 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 you have a, a, a reasonable argument to call him a bust, right? But this is the one thing. I think that people forget. They think that every football player is Adrian Peterson, and they're not. Okay. Mm. No matter Peterson's what happens to you. Very rarely, an injury will cause you to not be the same player. Not mm -hmm. necessarily saying that you can't have the same production, but what happens is, is it, look, I, I, I always like to relate it to baseball. You know, the best pitchers in, in the history of baseball, they pitch for, you know, extensive period of time. You want to know why? Because when they lost the velocity on their fastball, they learned how to use their other pitches. They learned mm -hmm. how to locate. They learned how to change speeds. They adapted to the way that their body was physically changing over time. Greg Maddox is a great example of that. Okay, so as a football player, you know, if you're not going to be the same person that you were before the injury, you have to find a way, whether it be techniques, stunts, you know, things like that nature, mm -hmm. to be able to utilize what you still have to be productive. Now, I think... Based on what I saw, obviously, in limited, you know, in-person visual uh, evidence, he looks like the step is there. He looks like the power is there. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do for sure. All right, last question before we move on to the Bengals preview. And, and this is kind of just something I was thinking about. But Ron gave the game ball to Josh Harris again for two straight games. All right, is this Trev? Is he purposely kind of sucking up to the new owner by saying, "Hey, you know, I I'm going to do everything I can to bring you in and make you a part of this inner circle that is the locker room," which I don't think 
owners should ever be a part of that inner circle. But he's trying to bring it so he can save his job no matter what. Is this something he's doing on purpose, or does Josh Harris deserve a game ball for two <laughs> straight games? For two straight games. I was I okay the first game. Yeah, I don't know game? about two straight games. Maybe a small part of that is saying, hey, look, bro, I can win yeah. games after all. Just stick <laughs> yeah. with me and we can have a winning product on the field. And I think the other part is, like, we truly appreciate somebody who appreciates us hmm. and all the work that we're putting in to for the fans and for ourselves and for the city and the organization. And I think – giving him the game ball is showing the appreciation of that, that like, thank you for taking that leap and spending that $6.05 billion <laughs> to make us a football organization the right way again. So I think it's a little bit of both, a little bit of sucking up and then a little bit of thanks for, you know, doing this, but two in a row is a little excessive. Now, if we win Saturday and he gets the Josh Harris again, <laughs> yeah, I don't that man can. is trying to save his job. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Beer. How do you fire a guy who's given you two game balls? Uh, <laughs> Easily how do you fire that guy. They're pre well, and they're preseason. Yeah, <laughs> listen, I, I think he gave him the second one because he was there. They were home the first uh, home games. Sort of situation, yeah. you know. But there is a plan in place already. I don't. A, and that's another thing. A, a, a succession add this plan? to the list. Added this to the list of things that I don't want to hear anymore. I don't oh, want to okay. hear any fire Ron Rivera and <laughs> all this. Listen, Ron Rivera has done an absolutely phenomenal job since being here. Given the situation, what he walked into, what he was asked to do, mm -hmm. which was a too much to begin with. But let's look at some of the guys that he's gotten. Yeah, there's been some misses for sure. And the, listen, the Carson Wentz thing, I mean, he's, I mean, they're throwing Hail Marys, bro. Like, you know, mm. nobody wanted to come here. Yeah. What is well, he supposed to do? Uh, you know what I'm I'll, saying? I don't care. Something. You well, got to do and something. They, they did. They tried something. They right. brought and in Carson work. Wentz. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But look, what did they do with the, 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 the listen, they traded, basically traded Alave for Sam Howe. Brian Robinson and Dotson. Is that yeah. not that could we'll possibly it. go down as one of the greatest draft day moves in this organization's history? Sure. Okay. Oh yeah. For sure. Now, so th there's been some. There's been a. I mean, and you see what how the players react to him, right? Oh yeah, they love him. the the love the media and and the fan base who because of listen. But you have to. I have to remind myself that fan is short for fanatic, because you know right. people yeah. are like crazy. One thing happens. I saw. I saw people auto already going on Ron Rivera. He iced his own kicker. The dude didn't even <laughs> yeah. call timeout. But y'all just ready to, to to bury the man six feet into the crowd before well, wait, you even who know what happened. Then? He didn't call timeout. The refs came out and said that they thought he called timeout, but it was oh. a mistake. He didn't call gotcha. timeout. So it, I think it was Harbaugh who actually called the timeout, but they said that, you know, ref, wrong sideline, all that. This and that. Ah. So anyways, but yeah, I don't want to hear it. There's a plan in place. Eric Bieniemy will be the head coach of the Washington Commanders next year. Hot take Ron, alert. Ron, Ron Rivera knows this. Ron Rivera brought him on board because this is, the, this is how it's all going to play out, okay? This is how it's all going to play out. New ownership. You know, Eric Bieniemy finally gets the head coaching job. 
you know, it, we, we bring that culture, winning culture, hard-nosed culture, you know, diversity. And, in, in, you know, going from Ron Rivera to Eric Bieniemy, continuing that line of diversity, which is important, in my opinion, more so here in Washington, D.C. than anywhere else in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we that we go back to our roots of Washington, D.C. And, you know, like, I, I don't want to hear anything about the old name. It's never coming back. You know, like all that sort of stuff. This is where we're at right now. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders next year. I think Ron Rivera knows it. I think ownership knows it. I think Bieniemy knows it. So let's just let them play out. Hopefully, we can ride out to the sunset with a with a with a Super Bowl. You know, that'd be fantastic. What a way to pass it on to Bieniemy. You know, but if mm. it doesn't work out, Ron Rivera has done what he came here to do. Nobody expected Ron Rivera to come here and win a Super Bowl. If you thought that that was going to happen, you were naive. Okay? Mm. He came here to change the culture of the organization. He's done everything he possibly can to do it. I mean, he nobody has do dodged, not necessarily dodged, but nobody has dealt with as much as, as Ron Rivera has, not even considering the things he's dealt with as personal life, you know, with, with the, the loss of the family members, with the cancer, and then dealing with the Dan Snyder situation, dealing, Brian Robinson gets shot. I mean, you could go on and on and on and on and on. So that's where I, I'm at as far as, you know, the game ball, going to Josh Harris. I don't, I think it's, so everybody knows that there's a plan in place already. So let's just let mm. the season go and, and, and let's win some football let it, games. Let it play out. Well done, boys. We got one more segment here. We're going to preview the Bengals game, this hotly contested Saturday <laughs> night, last preseason game yeah. of the year here. We're going to do that in the cool down right after this.